0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we kick off a busy, busy week across Scottish football. Celtic drop points at home to St Johnston, so what will this week bring in the transfer window? Rangers win in Dingwall ahead of PSV with big victories for the likes of Dundee, Motherwell and Livingston. And that Livingston victory means the end of the road for Lee Johnson, sacked as manager of Hibs. So what next for the Easter Road side? I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Charlie Mulgrew and Andy Halliday. Andy, I can barely think of a busier week. Look at the weekend we've just had. We've got European qualifiers to come. The last week of the transfer window... A certain derby in this part of the world next weekend And the Scotland squad announced today as well All happening Yep, plenty of drama at the weekend Another upset on the cards as well That I'm sure we'll speak a little bit about uh, the, the, Obviously the, the announcement of the Scotland squad I think the real excitement in there is Elliot Anderson Committing his future to Scotland Which I think is great And like you said, the small matter as well The, the old firm derby next week So plenty to talk about Charlie McGrew, we've managed to get you back The only problem is You were in real safe hands with Roger Hanna last week This is a bit different Aye, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to being up with Andy. Um, yep, yeah, big weekend for, for Scottish football and a big weekend coming, so. Let's get started then. 01419511025. That is the number you need, so please give us a call and let us know what is on your mind. I'm not a betting man as such, but I would be pretty certain there'll be some Celtic fans out there unhappy with what you witnessed at the weekend, so come on down, let us know where is it going. Wrong, are there question marks over players, management, a bit of both, recruitment, what needs to be done this week, it is a huge week coming up, so all of the usual uh, post-mortem questions for when a result like that takes place, at Rangers fans, Dingwall, was that better, you got Kamar Roof back, what are you thinking in terms of how that sets you up for PSV, it is the last week of the window, so fans of all teams. What are you looking for? Scotland squad today, as Andy says, Elliot Anderson is in there from Newcastle. Is there anyone unlucky to have missed out? Anything you think we've missed as well, you know the number. 01419511025. And to set the scene, to whet your appetite, what was the result of the weekend? The result of the weekend, for me, there's only one winner. It's got to be St. Johnson. Obviously, a poor run of form, four defeats on the trot, and ended the run in the most unlikely places I don't think the most optimistic St Johnson fans out there would expect them much for the game but yeah fantastic point for Stephen McLean's men you can't grumble with that really what else stood out Charlie? I'm going Dundee at home he would can't believe it 1-0 <laughs> victory I think that um, with all the signings they've made they've settled into the season quite well I had them I had them uh, finishing the second bottom in my prediction but They've, um, they've had a great start and looking to prove me wrong I was there, they were worthy weren't they? Sorry to they see were, you they were. Yeah, they were, they were they worthy uh, Right, what's next? By the way, good choices I think Goal of the weekend Some fantastic goals, I don't want to say my nominees Because Charlie might obviously Steve be waiting won. to tell his But uh, I think the standout option for me was James Tavernier's uh, We're getting used to him scoring some goals uh, over the last few years But I think that one is is up there with any I think he scored for Rangers uh, Obviously steals the ball in, in his own half Drives into the space and I mean, to whip it at that pace and that accuracy on the run uh, into a goalie that I don't know what laid law is, but he's certainly not small. Uh, and he, he wasn't far off his line to manage to you know, creep over the top of him right into the stanchion. So, yeah, were they one of the a goal of the weekend? But you had some good options. What caught your eye? I've waited Singari for Livingston. Um, Very nice. The ball comes through on his left-hand side, half volley, far away. 
um, side netting so aye great finish Harry Payton for me but I would say that anyway uh, yep. um, moving on what's next right Howler this is maybe a bit was it, was there a well uh, yeah I, I think there was a lot of nominations for a goal of the weekend I think there was plenty to pick from in terms of Howlers very very difficult weekend but I do think Zach Kemen's got to do better for Johnny Hayes' free kick I think it might be slightly harsh but I think a goalkeeper of his calibre uh, you've got to judge the flight of the ball a bit better. I don't think it's came in with a lot of pace. I think he's obviously that side of the post as well to make a some sort of impact on the ball and to allow that to keep into the back uh, the back post. I'm sure he'll be disappointed because he's a, had a fantastic start to his St Martin career along with the rest of his teammates. Gone then, Charlie, who was howling? I've went Hibs, three games, zero points, and uh, the manager gets a sack, so I think that's a howl up. Hibs fans, I don't think you'd argue. Why not give us a call, though? What do you make of that decision? Was it the right one or the wrong one? And who next? Let us know. And last but not least, then, top man over the weekend? I think it's got to be Dimitar Mitov. I think he's uh, he spent most of his St. Johnson career just now picking the ball at the back of his net. Uh, you know, he's 4 0 still in Albion, conceding 3 to United. And like I said, the shock of the weekend was clearly uh, St. Johnson managing to not only take a point, but a clean sheet at Celtic Park. And I think he was uh, the biggest reason behind that. He's been a very good signing, hasn't he? Has yeah, he's done well. um, Charlie? I've went for Lennon Miller, man of the match in the, the Motherwell game. Um, I remember him in the Players' Lounge when I used to play with his dad. Lee Miller and he used to smash balls about knocking cups of tea and that over so it's great to see him um, 15 years on at the age of 17 just turned 17 getting man of the match next how, year, how old does that make you feel exactly? very old because uh, he, was in this, he started the last game of the season and I nearly um, nearly played against him but I never managed to get on the field but that would have been that would have been interesting seeing the boy two year old when I was <laughs> 22 and then nearly playing against him there we go right 01419511025 it's so Many talking points tonight. The weekend was just full of them. Obviously, Celtic dropping points. I don't think anyone saw coming. That would be right up there uh, in terms of your talking points tonight. But since then, you look at Hibs changing their manager. We've got that massive week coming up. The transfer window It's the final week of that. And the Scotland squad announced today as well. So, so much to get through. So 01419511025. I don't think you need any extra incentive tonight. But just for the record, every caller who does get on air tonight into the draw to win club tickets to the Virgin Bet Air Gold Cup Saturday on the 23rd of September. It's the main event of Scotland's biggest jumps festival. You can enjoy the racing and entertainment throughout the day and finishing with our very own GBX set at the end. Certainly not one to be missed. So every caller who makes it on air uh, goes into the hat for those. And Thomas is first through tonight. I had a funny feeling we'd get a few Celtic fans, Thomas, wanting to air their grievances after the weekend how how did you view that performance? Hey Gordon, hi Andy uh, Charlie uh, the performance, I think it was just rocking Gordon it's pure shambles there's nobody, there's nobody in the mid, that middle of the park where I bet I'm batting in the cricket was poor everybody was poor to say the least but I just feel that well, we're four days away for transfer when they got them and we don't seem to be signing anybody we don't is that an off day? Is that an off day, Thomas? Or are you feeling worried overall about things? To be honest, I'm feeling worried, Gordon. Especially for us game coming up on Sunday. I think I think we'll I, I think we'll get there. I really do. I hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I just feel worried. No signings coming in, and hopefully they will be signings before Friday. But obviously, when they come in, they've not got much time to to prepare. You know, their first game's obviously going to. Maybe get put in an all fun game. It's, it's just not right. It's just, I'm just, I don't know what's happening at the moment. Charlie, this time last week you were here, and the difference then, it seemed, was 
Kilmarnock have had a very good start to the season you're going to Kilmarnock it's on that pitch and as disappointing as it was that can happen yep. don't think anyone saw this one coming did they? No but the the one positive that will start with is it was a much better performance for Celtic in terms of they created three or four good chances which they didn't do at Kilmarnock um, the keeper made some good saves for St Johnson and I think the, the Celtic players will be disappointed they didn't take the chances so straight away if you, you're not judging Games on um, results. If you're judging it on performances, they probably should have and 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 should have won that game. Um, which you can argue, come on, they didn't. They didn't do that. If they'd scored one of the goals, it could have been three or four. They didn't. It's disappointing and for Celtic's point of view. Um, and I think this week they'll they'll try and get two or three signings in. And um, I think they need that to to fit into Brendan Rodgers' style. And then they can be judged moving forward from there. But the, the standards here, Andy, in this city, and you've been on this phone in many times, just j- dropping points at home to St Johnson is is just not going to do, is it? You can hear the, the sort of worry in Thomas's voice. Yeah, it's it's like like we speak about all the time. You're at the old firm, uh, you know, a new season, new management, new players. You know, the performances might not be up to scratch over the first few games, but the one constant has to be the results, especially when you're playing against a St. Johnson team at home that really, really struggled uh, recently. And, uh, you know, I, I still don't think the, the manner of the performance was anywhere near the levels it should be. Uh, you know, I, I think you, you even look at the top five from last year, Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, I think they're all probably struggling to be closer to their best just now. I think they're certainly missing intensity with, that comes with games. And I think that's the big thing for me that's missing for, for Celtic's play. I just... In terms of the tempo they play at, I think, you know, at times last year, they blew teams away in the first 20, 25 minutes just with their pace and their intensity and their tempo. I think that's really lacking for the from their game just now. Out with, you know, three, certainly two big chances with Matt O'Reilly. I don't cre- think they created anywhere near enough. Uh, I think if you look at them last year, in only two games last season, Celtic didn't score any goals. And that's back-to-back games that, uh, without any mm. goals just now. So I do think it's slightly worrying going into a massive game next week. But I don't think there's any doubt that uh, you know, Brendan Rodgers and his team is going to improve in the weeks to come especially when they get a couple in the door and it looks like Lewis Palmer will be one that's coming mm. in pretty soon Thomas I can tell you're feeling worse about that performance than Charlie was Yeah which is, uh, the performance is, I suppose it was okay I mean, we were creating chances but you, you need to score the chances you know and obviously Jack O'Reilly and Maida I don't know mm. Maida I think Maida's had probably one of the greatest games I've ever seen him play yeah, it probably summed up. There was, I don't know if you saw the one where Maida cut in, worked on his left foot and, and fired it into the, the Green Brigade in the corner. Um, that, that maybe summed it up. You're right, Charlie, Matt O'Reilly in particular, but even even at that, for Celtic at home, to, I mean, St. St Johnson, Sterling Albion put four goals past St. Johnson. Were those two Matt O'Reilly chances? Is that enough in a game like this? I think that um, if you score one of them, you score one of the chances you end up getting five, six, seven, eight more chances because that's the way it works against these teams. The longer the game goes, the more confidence they take from from not conceding a goal. Um, and I think that the more chances you miss, the more difficult it becomes and the more St Johnson grown belief. So um, it's the small margins in these games, but you're right, at the old firm, you need to pick up points, you need to pick up wins. And there's a wee bit of pressure on Celtic at the moment. But uh, as I say, the performance was much better than the command commander mm. performance. The ball moved a lot quicker. They did create three or four real good chances. Um and I think that the this week's gonna be massive. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be a huge, huge game for both teams. I don't think the two of them have started great and I think that both of them they um they look to get the points. 
Thomas, what what needs to happen this week? Well, I feel I feel like a good few signings in the door, Gordon. Um, uh, you know, I, I hope they do sign sign people. I think they will. It's just trying to get them ready. Just trying to get them in, and hope after first game is going to be on Sunday. You how, know, I just how did it get to this point where you know Brendan Rodgers has been here for a while? And obviously a lot's been made that he didn't hit a successful team. He's lost a couple. Obviously Jota would be the main one for mm-hmm. sure. And then injuries haven't helped. But there seems to be this real common consensus. Everybody thinks, well, Celtic, yeah, they're going to have to go and sign four or five, depending on what you hear this week. How did that happen? It's the last week of the window. How, how are Celtic now scrambling around at the last week of the window when they seem to be in such a position of strength, apparently? Yeah. Well, listen... I think results and performances change everybody's narrative but if you asked me a month ago which is all I can really go off I think going into the season I would expect the Celtic to sign maybe two or three players aiming to be stronger than what they've already got in their starting eleven. and I think if you look at the, the, the squad last season I think everyone would agree Celtic's strength and depth was really impressive across the board I thought that obviously they've lost Jota for a lot of money uh, Aaron Moyes retired and uh, obviously Starfield was in at the, uh, the start of the season he's since moved on they've signed is it six, six players Roughly about fifty million pounds since then, but I think the big thing for me it looks as if there's a lot of projects in there. Boys again come from Asia, where you know they've been really successful bringing boys for uh, for that market, and then two or three younger players. Obviously, centre half was a position where they really had to strengthen. Mm. Unfortunately for injury, it looks as if they might have to strengthen there again. But I don't think there's been enough investment, shall I say, in boys that are coming in to improve the start eleven straight away. Because I think the big thing going into this season for Celtic was obviously maintaining the form that they had last year, tied to obviously competing all fronts again, but improving the Champions League. To do that, for me, they had to improve the starting eleven. And right now with the six signings, it looks more like projects and starting eleven. Is that the obvious worry, Charlie? Because it strikes me that every team at any level in, in the world wants to be stronger at the start of a new season than they were at the end of the previous one, but particularly Celtic, when it seemed like everything was going for them, it's an undeniably weaker squad this season though, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I think big players like um, Jota, massive player, he's the type of player that would probably fit into Brendan Rodgers' style as in wingers that, that like to improvise and kind of play their natural talent and show what they've got, kind of off-the-cuff type of players, rather than your likes of Maeda who, who probably needs showing exactly what to do in terms of underhand. It was it was clear and simple that he had to just get to the byline and cut the ball across the, the box for... For um, Kyogo, um, and I think the style Rogers wants is more of the improvisation. Scott Sinclair, when he signed in his first first time round, players that kind of play off the cuff more than players that are kind of um, stuck to doing what uh, what exactly what Ange is, is asking them to do. So I think that he needs time to bring these players in. There's still a lot of players there that that Ange did bring in. And it's not Brendan Rodgers signings and he needs to he needs to have time and this week is his time to bring these players in. The players that have brought in already are players that are probably squad players and players that probably aren't ready to step in, especially at Champions League level. I think you can't underestimate as well, you know, the reason Celtic squad does look significantly weaker just now is the lack of key players they've they're missing through to injury. Mm-hmm. Obviously Cameron Carter Vickers, a big one for me, Rio Hitati. Alistair Johnson, who a big positive for the weekend was obviously the return to him. And I think they've been unfortunate at the start. Obviously, Naroki just coming in as well, two months straight away. So they're missing three or four key players in key areas. But you know, I, I, I'd fully expect to, to see Celtic bring one or two more, uh, more in from the, the end of the window. And to, you know, Thomas actually mentioned, what does that mean for Lewis Palmer? Last year, Josip Juranovic's debut was an old forum game, not long in the door. Alistair Johnson, the exact same. 
So for me, I wouldn't be surprised if if Lewis Palmer comes in the door in the next couple of days and ends up starting the game. Uh, thanks, Thomas. What about Sean and Hamilton? Sean, it feels like the early part of the debate was simply, you know, how bad was that at the weekend? What's your view on it? Hi, guys. How you doing, mate? Good how you doing, Sean? Uh, it was shocking, man. Shocking for the Celtic standards. But uh, my first point I wanted to make was about Brendan Rodgers. I think that appointment was a totally wrong appointment for the board. I think we has still a play compared to Ange. Ange's still a play, first touch, fast pace. See right now when I'm at Celtic Park, Saturday, boring. There's nothing to look forward to. And that's you know something as well, Charlie. That's two games in a row we've not scored a goal. There's a free agent out there that we could easily go for. He knows the league. A lot of people don't like it, but it's Alfredo Morelos. Wow, nah, that sure, was not sure. expected. No, <laughs> Sean, you the wind up? Never. Come on, yeah, you must be. He knows the league. Yeah, he, I'm he's sure. He, nah, nah, nah. nah. Do you think we're being had on here? I, 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 I was not expecting that this, But I thought it was bad enough last week When we had Rangers fans saying they should re-sign him yeah. I think Sean might be pulling somebody's leg Well we know how I'm good a player he can be when he's fit But uh, you know Alfredo Morelos isn't fit at the best of times now I mean four months without a club So I was certainly certainly surprised that that was the, the name that came out of Sean's mouth Tell there. me more about the Celtic performance at the weekend Sean What did you not like? Just the flatness The flatness of everything There's, there's no... There's no oomph about the team at all. It's around the Rodgers' side. There's no, there's nothing to look forward to. It's boring football. Really boring. Mm. Come off the back of Ange. I mean, that sounds like a point that most Celtic fans would make. It's the Alfredo Morelos bit that's thrown me, right? Mm. Let, let, let's deal with that. The, the contrast is going to be impossible for Brendan Rodgers to escape, isn't it? It's just what happens. Whoever you replace, mm -hmm. you, you're going to be compared. Is there... What are the teething, if it is teething problems, or what are the issues with the style at the moment? Well, Ange, was, as everybody knows, he's probably one of the most attacking managers we've ever seen. Um, one of the old firm teams. He just, he just constantly goes forward, looking to score goals at any opportunity. Um, constant attacking football and certain principles in place that that Brendan Rodgers probably doesn't doesn't have. He's, he's got a different style. He likes to be a bit more patient. And I think he needs time. He, he showed it can be really successful, even though, even though it's different. There's a treble, treble there. He's won in the past. He's he's the best candidate for the job. Let's be honest. I mean, who who was going to fo follow um, Ange Postecoglou that that was going to be better than Brendan Rodgers? There's nobody I can think of, Sean. I don't know if there's anybody you can think of that would be better placed that's been there and done it. I'm worried about this suggestion. Um, I can't believe you've asked him. <laughs> this could be in. Dick Advocate. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I was interested in the Bodo Glunt manager, but obviously we, we took Rogers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to be fair, that was a name that was doing the rounds. Maybe, maybe Sean, maybe Sean's legit. I thought he was at it when he's given <laughs> us the Morello show, but he's now winning me back round. Um, Andy, look, whether it is time, I'm, look, as we sit here tonight. There's not much we can do other than than go on what you've seen. What what is it about this style then that's just not clicking yet? Oh, well, it's like I said. I think I do think intensity and tempo does come with games. I think what a Celtic four, eh, sorry, three games into their uh, into their campaign, and I don't think they've quite hit their, their top form yet. Though it is going to come over time. Um, you know, when you compare them to Angie's team, and Angie's team was a lot more. It was a lot more positional play. It was front foot. It was aggressive. It was going forward at every opportunity. And Brendan Rodgers styles. Uh, it's, it is a little bit different to that. It's a lot more control. You're trying mm. to probe opponents. You're trying to sort of draw people out to play into space. And are, you I think see, are you seeing the clear signs of what's being attempted here? Because yeah. again, this is something that we can back to. Ange Postecoglou didn't start well. Didn't didn't get results. Mm -hmm. But people were immediately 
it was it was you knew exactly what, you're trying to do, what, what yeah. the is it as clear? Yeah, no. I think so. I, I I definitely think so. I just think that when you are a team that has to be that that bit more controlled, you're looking to probe opponents. It still has to be done at a certain tempo and a certain pace, and I think that's something that Celtic's lacking at the moment. A big thing I said going into the game last week at Kilmarnock was, you know, when you want to play at a certain pace. And again, I, I, I don't like to give excuses to people, but the Astro does sort of play a part mm. in that. And Brendan Rodgers obviously mentions that after the game. Going into the weekend, I don't think you, that's, you that's have that excuse. So, and I do think in terms of their, their in-possession play, I do think it was pretty similar. It was quite laboured. I thought it was quite... Uh, I think it was quite easy for St John's to sort of sit in their shape and not get drawn out to certain areas. And I do think you look at players within the role... I think Kyogo's struggling a little bit at the moment. I think a lot's been said about Callum McGregor and Greg Taylor, but I think... You look at Kyogo last year, 30 goals, devastating, playing on the last line of defence, so his boys running behind him, he was getting cutbacks. I think right now when he's playing a little bit deeper, he's a bit more involved in the build-up play. I think that's something that he has to get used to, along with the rest of his teammates. And like I said, getting used to the system is going to take a bit of time, but you don't get that time at the old firm if you don't get the results. So I think the, you know, maintaining the, the results is the most important thing, and then you, I think your top performance is going to come over time. Sean, it's one of my favourite suggestions of the night. Can you imagine this show? Honestly, wow. 01419511025. Thanks again to Sean. It's a good time to call. You could be up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. I had the feeling it was a bit of a mad week ahead. I, just, I thought it would be, but I, I didn't think it quarter past six we'd get a Celtic should sign Alfredo Morelos. Uh, I'm like, still in disbelief, to be honest. <laughs> I cannot believe that. I just feel like it set the tone for the week ahead. Uh, well, uh, they say never. Never underestimate Scottish football, but that's certainly something I didn't expect to like not, not even we're capable no, 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 of that, no, no, no. I didn't think. See, when he was building up to it, there's a free agent out there that knows the league. I, I was looking forward to that. Charlie. No, I thought it was you. Oh, did you? I, I, I thought, you I thought it was going to say you as well. <laughs> I and thought then, you were the answer And then he says, scores goals, and I thought, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were the answer to Celtic's uh, striking problems at the weekend. But anyway, 01419511025. That is the number you need. You can also tweet us as well, at Clyde SSB, so please do. Uh, and I can see lots of calls coming in at the moment as you would expect let's hear a bit from Brendan Rodgers then does this match how you feel about it all Celtic fans he says the result and the performance was disappointing and thinks they lacked craft on the day yeah it was a disappointing result clearly but also the performance we we obviously had a couple of good chances in the game keeper made some really good saves we went into some good areas but um, yeah but we lacked craft and uh, that extra wee bit of imagination when we got in there. So, um, yeah, very disappointing for us. I think it's something that we need to go away and analyse in the game. Like I say, we, we arrived into, into good positions, but we either were, you know, sort of finesse on the pass or, or, or gave it away or just couldn't quite beat, beat a man. So, um, but yeah, listen, the positives for us today was that I thought Yang was excellent in the game for the period he was on he started to tire a little bit and, but I thought he was he was excellent Ali Johnson's obviously great news he's still there's a long way to go in terms of until he's right up to speed but he uh, he, he played the, the the game time so it was good to get that into his legs but um, but apart from that as I said we made enough of the ball but you have to do uh, you have to do much more with it than that Sam is a Celtic fan Brendan Rogers pointing out some positives there Sam, the fans who've been in touch don't feel too positive by the sounds of it. How do you feel? Yeah, um, I'm a bit demoralised at the moment, if I'm honest. Um, 
I did think Rogers coming in um, was a good thing. Uh, I think it's probably the best name out there. Had the time to replace Ange. Um, however, the football that I've seen thus far this season, it's been, it's been really, really poor. A um, couple of good results against uh, Aberdeen in uh, the last two weeks. Um, I mean, there, there was points I could have fallen asleep watching Celtic. It was very slow, very laboured. Um, and just not really kind of what we were used to watching under Ange. I think... Obviously, results king. Everybody knows that. And is is that that the problem here? It's the bad combination. See if you could say, oh, "This is a bit slower than we're used to under Ange," and it's maybe not quite as exciting. But do you know what? We're winning games. And maybe thinks things are going to improve. Right now, it's just it's the worst combination for the fans, isn't it? Well, Andy said it earlier. Celtic and Rangers, you need to win. So when when performances on the great, you need to win because that keeps the pressure off a wee bit and allows you to get your style and get get your get your the players up to pace and get them to to change from the style it was before. Um, although there's a lot of similarities but there is some small tweaks that, that change like that usually play with two eights and now they've got one of the eights dropping down as a six at times and then they've got a striker come off Kyogo he makes kind of, kind of box in midfield and there is a couple of changes and, and I think when you're picking up results along the way when you're changing your style it's fine but when you're not then the pressure starts to starts to build but um, are those changes hampering certain players so Andy mentioned Kyogo who's an obvious one a guy that deservedly gets no criticism over the last few years because he's been so good I'm noticing a bit now on the phones for, for Callum McGregor has he suddenly become a bad player or is is what the, the midfield set up like now not getting the best out of him I think everything's connected I think when there's a style change um, a slight style, style change Everybody's affected by that, and I think everybody's judged as a team, and it's all, all a knock-on effect. So if players aren't standing in the right areas that you're used to seeing them in, they pass the ball to them, and, and you don't even need to think about it because you know where they're standing, i.e. under, under Ange. Um, now that there's been slight changes, the players might not be in the areas, and you need to get used to the way that the way that the players will be positioned when you do have the ball, i.e. Kyogo coming into that 10, kind of 8 position and creating the box in midfield and then where do your wingers go for there? Do they go in behind as, as, as strikers and runs and getting the timing right and, and all that stuff? And um, the, the pressure is mounting because there isn't results coming along yeah. the way and, and a goal in that game at the weekend, a standby, it would have been 3-4-0 and, and it's easy ifs and buts and all that but it was clear chances that they had without... Rogers mentioned um, the lack of craft in, in, the, in the final third. And I think that's the likes of Jota and the likes of Scott Sinclair and his last his last spell at Celtic. That's what they did have. Mm. Um, so it seems like that's the, that that would be the bit that's causing a lot, the most alarm, Andy. Because if it was just a case of we'll need a couple more signings and the new signings are taking a bit of time, you can you can get your head around that a bit. But it feels like the Celtic fans are saying that is an issue. But also, I think. Don't think Callum McGregor's playing well. I don't mm-hmm. think Kyogo's playing well. Is Greg Taylor as good as he was last season? You know the bits that you were hoping at a bare minimum would stay, yeah. and then try and add the rest around about it. It doesn't feel like that's happening either. No, I think especially in, in Callum McGregor's case, because this is a guy for the last sort of four or five years has, has been a constant six, seven, eight out of ten for for week on week, and I think he's one of a number number of Celtic players that are struggling a wee bit at the moment. And uh, you know, I've got to say to, to sort of echo what Charlie's saying. I think. When you are a Brendan Rodgers style team and you are this controlled possession way and you want to break down opponents, sometimes it is in these tight games a Jota, someone that can create something out of nothing. He can beat his man 1v1. He can sort of cut inside 25 yards with one in the top corner. That is the sort of profile of the player that can make a difference in these stuffy type of games. I look at Maeda. You know, 
got so many attributes, but more sort of raw, direct pace. I don't think in terms of unlocking a back four, something that he's, uh, he specialises in a bad or the same. Someone that's you know brilliant at arriving at the back post and sort of scoring these tap-ins. So I think in terms of the profile of players that Celtic need, I think that is sort of an area. I think Lewis Palmer could be somebody that obviously fits that mm. bill. And then I think in the midfield that, that, uh, that Sam mentioned with, with a sort of role that Callum McGregor's in, I think when there's no Hattati in the Celtic midfield, you know, that pace, that power, that, that sort of industrial performances, I don't think O'Reilly and, and, and David Tumble, for me, are that same type of profile of player. So I think, again, if Hattati, I'm not sure how long he's missing, but if he is going to miss a, a, an extended period of time, can you get something that I like for like to to replace him if he's not playing what's the main issue Sam if there's one main thing is it players are not in form is it Brendan Rodgers is not getting it right or is it that the recruitment's been underwhelming um, I would actually say that there's two key elements to it um, kind of why we're playing the way we're playing the new um, I think first and foremost recruitment we've lost key players as has been mentioned the night Starfelt at certain half you know when he played with Carter Vickers we hadn't lost a game in the league um, so we've lost him And then Carter Vickers Has unfortunately Got himself injured um, The player that's come in To replace Starfelt um, Navrotsky Then he gets injured And is out for two months And then you find yourself With two Young inexperienced Centre halves Playing Potentially going into The game at the weekend Together um, You look at Moy And everything he did Last season And he brought He seems to have been Replaced As far as I can tell By the, the boy Kwon That's come in from Korea and, and thus far he's not played particularly well um, And then obviously Jota the main one um, Which has seen Abada come back into the side And again this season um, Bar maybe the first game of the season With his assist for Kyogo He's not really offered much in my opinion Charlie um, again last month they we asked you know would, is, is one off day One bad day against Kilmarnock Enough to make you rethink your transfer plans Two, ba- two off days now Or the back of St Johnson Has that drastically altered Celtic's transfer plans? I don't think so. I think the plans are the plans, and I think they're probably being on in the background out of sight. And I think it'll all build up to this Thursday or, or Friday, whenever the window shuts, to see what signings come in. So I don't think the plans will drastically change. I think that Brendan Rodgers probably identified players that he wants to bring in. How many that is, I don't know. It'll probably be if he's if it's four positions he's looking for or three positions, he'll have three for each of the positions. I'd imagine a choice. First choice, second choice, third choice, fourth choice, even, and he'll and he'll be working towards getting him in the door because there's so much behind the scenes. There's agents, there's clubs to deal with. So I think that this all this goes on in the background and it all leads up to the the last few days of the window. And I'm Re- sure realistically, that then how how many sort of starting eleven players do you think Celtic can go and get in within the next couple of days? I'm not sure because the problem comes as well as is, is, is they probably want to get players out as well just to yeah. make that. That transition of the squad much easier to deal with because you, you don't want loads of players in the squad that are not going to be or, or in the the building that are not going to be in the squad. So I think they probably want to get a few out as well. Um, I would imagine at, at least two or three starters yeah. would be looking to come in this week. And what one of them is the Jota area of the pitch? I would say potentially a winger and, and potentially a striker or potentially a kind of number ten type of, type mm. of role. Um, he did mention looking for that wee bit of. Um, class in the final third to, to score so you'd, you'd, that would indicate it's probably a striker or a winger uh, Thanks to Sam what about Terry Terry who's uh, who's to blame for such a thing for you at the moment um, It's hard to I don't know man but I'd like to put a message across to Dermot Desmond if you don't mind 
directly. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's uh, listening. Take it away. Uh, apparently, he's he's loaded. He's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how can he know he uh, the broadja a war chest before the the windy shots to bring a couple of defenders and a couple of centre halves like big Bobo Baldi or that? You know what I mean? <laughs> Spend the money Yeah, I think he's about 50 now Terry I don't know if Bobo Baldi would still do it But look I don't know if Dermot Desmond has to get his personal checkbook out Because Celtic have made a lot of money off Jota They're guaranteed Champions League money Are fans right to expect a bit of that to be splashed? Or have they already spent quite a bit? Well I'm fully expecting them to spend more Don't get me wrong I think uh, I think the reported fee for, for Lewis Palmer is three and a half million, so that would be another fee that uh, will be getting spent. You know, like Brendan Rodgers has clearly stated that he wants at least another couple in the door. And, uh, I don't think Alfredo Morelos and a fee is going to be one of them, so I'd imagine there are going to be fees involved in, in the both of them as well. So, so no Morelos or Baldi so far. I can't see it. So, uh, you know, Celtic spent £15 million pounds so far, so it's a, a decent sum of money. Uh, if Lewis Palmer comes in this week, you're up to 18, 19, with another couple to fall in the door. So I do feel as if Brendan Rodgers is going to be well backed. But like I stated earlier on the show, I think the most important thing for Celtic going into this season was bringing players that are going to improve in the starting eleven. Because in terms of numbers and squad depth last year, I don't think that was ever in doubt. Uh, there might be sort of a couple that have left and maybe two or three that are in the building just now that aren't really seen as, as part of the plans moving forward. But yeah, I think strengthening what they already had was, was more important than six, seven projects coming through the door. Terry, are you expecting some big money signings this week? I'd just love to see two decent centre-halves coming in. I'm not going to say more though, are they, Charlie? The injury has been tough, but Navrotsky and Lager-Bielka, if any, well, it is, it's the one area of the pitch Celtic have spent most on this uh, summer. Yeah, I think they're just going to need to deal with injuries that are there at the moment and hopefully um, get the players back as quick as they can because they have spent money there already. I think it's more a top end of the park where they'll, they'll look to sign. Um, in terms of spending money, I mean, I know the fans want Celtic to do it and, and Dermot Desmond to put his hand in his pocket and, and spend absolute fortunes, but Celtic have got a business model there that's been successful for for years. The club are um, are doing tremendous in that, that side of things, so I don't think they're going to change it overnight. I think that they're, they're probably going to try and sign clever and sign players that are that are, in, that are investments and, and can do a job for the team at the moment and, and potentially sell on. It's hard verging on impossible to not look at everything through the lens of this fixture that's coming up next weekend is it a worry that Celtic will either go there with Lager Bielka and Scales as a defensive duo or Lager Bielka and Kobayashi maybe I was going to say somebody who's not in the building yet well to be honest I think they will sign another centre half I mean you won't be concerned about it but you know what I mean no no but I, I I do there's already been a couple rumoured and reported going into this week but you know Scales by all accounts, seemed as if he was on his way to Aberdeen on a permanent move. So I think, even though there's been a couple of injuries that might have stalled that, I still think the plan will be to uh, to move Liam Scales on. So I wouldn't be surprised to see one more come in the door. He did uh, say he wanted that experience one, didn't whether he? It, yeah, whether it is that experience player that he's, he's talking about. I think there was a boy, the Brazilian boy for, for Southampton's one that's been, been linked and profiled. And if one does come in the door this week, I think he'll play. I think Celtic, have, albeit it was Ange Postacoglu last season, I think they've shown that I'm not scared to throw players into this fixtures, especially when it is a an experienced player. So, I think if there is one that comes in the door over the next four or five days, I think it'll be in the in the biggest game of the calendar year straight away. I think it'll be one, no, definitely no two, no. Um, probably one. I'd imagine. Mm. And is that is that going to be a short, a relatively short term tight stopgap signing? Because as you say, they do have centre backs that think they so. like, but they're just not available. I think it'll be an experienced, a, a, like a, a loan experienced loan, or like a 
when when Brendan Rodgers came the first time he bought Cole Toure, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And he done a good job to start off with at that, in that position. So I think it'll be somebody, maybe not as old as that, but someday experience like that. I don't know if um, I think been... we're talking ourselves into a Charlie Rodgers <laughs> <Yeah. sensation laughs> That's the more I'm, I think about it. That's what we're talking about, but. Uh, I don't know if Brendan Rodgers has been asked so much about it, but the, the Kobe Ashu uh, situation is injured as well. Yeah, he has. But uh, you know, is there plans for him there? Because like you said, they've already spent a big outlay yeah. in two and a half already. There's reported that another experienced one coming in. So, you know, this is a player. You know, the likes of Terry's seen him a lot more than I have. But the couple of times I seen him last year, I thought he looked okay. I thought they looked as if there couldn't have been a, a player within there that you know, yeah. given time and a chance, uh, he could make an impact at Celtic. But doesn't seem as if that's in the plans. Personal messages for Dermot Desmond, Alfredo Morelos, back to Scottish football shouts. It is all happening on a Monday night. 01419511025. Win a quarter of a million pounds. Yeah, big money on offer here. We're mentioning war chests and financial outlay. Well, Cash Register takes a break. We've teamed up with our sister stations across the UK to give you the chance to win a quarter of a million pounds and it couldn't be easier to enter the draw all you need to do grab your phone text yes to 61025 text or two pounds plus your standard network rate you can enter on the website and the online entries cost two pounds or call 0330 8804523 and the calls are charged at a standard rate as well it's over 18s only so all the rules for this Bower Media Audio UK competition are on our website and we guarantee to pay every single penny of this cash a quarter of a million pounds by the way to one winner and it'll be in their bank account straight after the call lines close at 5pm this Friday the first one will make the call there's no phrase or amount to remember you don't even need to pick up within five rings just answer the phone and a quarter of a million pounds is yours for your chance to win text yes to 61025 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Charlie Mulgrew and Andy Halliday are here It's 0141-951-1025 And that is the number Barry in Renfrew has dialed Barry, there's lots been said about Celtic's current position How do you feel about it? Uh, I'm not obviously too uh, great about it And after that last person's uh, comment about signing Morello I, I, I don't know where, where he is at the moment He must be in a different planet Who, uh, Alfredo Morelos or the caller? <laughs> no, the both of them. I don't think we know where, where either of them are. I, I didn't think that would be a particularly popular suggestion, <laughs> Barry. What 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 is the situation at the moment? Are people overreacting, or is this stuff is it is it fair? I don't. I, I generally don't think people are overreacting. My 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 point of view is every year we get through the same recycle. We we say we want to progress in Europe. I, with the players we've brought in, they, they are okay. I mean, they are probably Celtic quality. Maybe not all of them will probably see through time, but. I don't think they're. I don't think they're ready for the Champions League. Uh, but the money we're spending on players, I, I generally think what we should be doing is looking at older heads. A we uh, a few guys with a bit more experience. Uh, it plays at a higher level. It takes us through, through, uh, through Europe. I mean, Europe last year was it wasn't great for us. Uh, we did put performances in, but the results weren't there. I was just. I just want to see what you think about that panel. Yeah, and that's why I spoke about the sort of profile of, of what I was expecting um, Celtic to do in the, in the transfer window. And the reason I mentioned Tatati, because listen, David Tumble, Matt O'Reilly, Callum McGregor, three top, top players. Is that a midfield three that 
would would play in a in a way fiction in the Champions League. I'm not too sure because, like I said, I think Hitati is that profile that sort of bridges the te- uh, the technical and the sort of physicality that, that, that the Champions League bring. I think you know Tumbo O'Reilly and, and Cal McGregor's three profiles are sort of attacking minded midfielders. Are, and I think if Hitati comes out that team, I don't really think they have a light for light replacement there. I think Aaron Moy to an extent, you know, a bit more experience, you know, the sort of other mm. side of the game. But I thought. Going into the transfer window, I thought that would be somewhere they'd try and improve. And then obviously Jota being the big one as well, because he is someone that can... You know, if Celtic are having an off day, which probably never happened that many times last year, but if they did, Jota is that type of player that can make something happen out of nothing. He can lash one in the top corner for 25 yards, he can beat two or three and lay one on a plate. I don't think Abada and Maeda are the two that sort of fit that profile. In all fairness, for what I've seen for Yang, I think he could be that type of player. looks really sharp, really direct, can make things happen. He can sort of jink in the box and create... But again, I think that is another area of the pitch that I think, in terms of improving in the Champions League, I think Celtic need. How bad must it be, though, to be a new signing who gets injured? Take Tilio as an example. Now, I'm not saying he is going to be Jota because I've no idea, but it feels like everybody's decided that he's not because he's signed, injured straight away, out of sight, out of mind, and we need to sign other wingers. Is it worth bearing some of that in mind that maybe someone like him comes in and comes good? Well, he's injured, so everybody that's, that's coming in and been signed needs to be given their chance. They're unlucky getting injured when they first come in, and it's frustrating for everybody, the fans, the management, and also the players themselves. So these players need time, but I think going into the Champions League, I think depending on the style that, that, that Brendan Rodgers is looking to play in the Champions League, and, and probably a bit more defensively, because teams force you to play that way, especially away from home, I think you need somebody more defensive-minded than, than Matt O'Reilly, somebody next to Callum McGregor that... That, that knows to sit and do that job in my time there at Celtic we had Victor Wanyama that sat in there we had Scott Brown that sat in there you need a real strong spine centre half and into your midfield to 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 go away from home and have these de- defensive performances Here's the thing though Barry you talk about what you need to take you to the next level sort of Champions League do you have in the squad right now enough to win the Scottish the Scottish Premiership? I, I do think we have, yeah. But again, as uh, one of the one of the panels said earlier on, we need to find a sweet spot. We've not hit the ground running the way we, we used to. I think we just need to find that that balance, and then we can take it to there. I mean, you're saying about Tilio coming in as well, but I think look, every player needs a chance. I mean, Jota needed a chance. No, nobody knew Jota, uh, Jota before he came here, and uh, he hit the ground running. Everybody needs a chance. I get that, but uh, it's just come back to getting like older heads into the into the team. Mm. If you know what I mean. Again, we have got the money, but Scotland is not a place to bring a 15, 16, 17 million pound player in. We can't keep them. Do you know what I mean? And when we've got these players like Jota, and it gets to that, it gets to that level. They can't keep a hold of them because there's bigger bids coming in. Do you know it's. It's, it's, it's like uh, you're too, you keep chasing yourself around in circles every year. Do you know what I mean? Do you think that's Celtic's model now, though? Because again, I, I accept that, that you know Champions League maybe wasn't great last year, but everyone loved Kyogo, loved Hatati, loved Jota, loved Alistair Johnson. You hadn't heard any of them before. They weren't old. They weren't experienced. They weren't marquee signings. Are Celtic now going to suddenly? Do that The early no. signings In the window Don't suggest so No I don't think they are I think that's Celtic's model For years now They've bought players in And they've made their, They've made their name At Celtic And went on in For big transfer fees Like Zayota and stuff I know they, he came in For a few million But nowhere near The 15-17 no. that, that Barry's mentioned there And I don't think Even if you sign a player For that amount of money It doesn't guarantee anything And that's the problem you, you, you could sign a player For that amount of money And he ends up um, 
no better than what you've got so that's the gamble yeah, you never know as Charlie said that there have been exact Brendan Rodgers first time there was a Scott Sinclair um, as you know as an example Andy but the Celtic tend to do that now has has, has the club moved on since then the only one I can really think of was George and Edward and I think he came for what was it 9-10 million, million, million and to be fair the impact he made straight away but you know, for me, if they do want well, that's to, I mean, but he was young though. I'm talking more about kind of profile and rather he, than. He was young, but it's a big outlay. So what I'm talking about for the example, Pedence is young. Yeah, another one that's linked, but it'll be a big outlay if he's going to come yeah. in. Like Charlie says, there's no mm-hmm. guarantee, but the profile of the player is sort of what you're paying your money for. And I think if Celtic, you know, are they improving the Champions League, which I think was a uh, with Terry's point and Barry's just mentioned a little bit as well. Maybe it is that one that that one marquee signing that's going to come in and prove the starting eleven mm-hmm. straight away. Like he says, it, Celtic haven't done that for a while yeah. now. But the looks of the six that have already came in the door, yeah. it don't really suit that profile. But maybe it's just the, maybe it's just the word I have difficulty with. Because I think the point I'm trying to make is, you will struggle to sign anybody who has more of an impact at Celtic than Kyogo has, right? But he's yeah. not. It's not a marquee signing. What, what does it mean? That's that's. I think that's what I'm trying to get to the. Uh, for me that was a bit of an anomaly though because it was Ange Postacoglu coming for that league and knowing exactly what he was getting there was no sort of grey area I watched him every single week I think he spoke about it where uh, you know a couple of the players he played against them he's ripped his team up and he thought you know where I go I'm taking them with him so I do think there was a it was a little bit different there uh, the rest that you sort of need to put down a, a trust in your recruitment system I think Brendan Rodgers has, has, uh, has spoke about that as well but uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes in the door over the over the next sort of 48 hours or so because I still believe that two or three Celtic uh, players will be coming in the, in the door over the next few days. I think they're going to be extremely active. Mm. Right, we'll leave it there. We're running a bit late. Thank you very much to Barry. It is that time of the night already. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the slash football. What you don't know is that at one of the previous breaks, Charlie Mulgrew said he was desperate to play beat the pundit last week. And had it been him, he would have got a top score. He was so, so confident. What he doesn't know is Andy Halliday is actually pretty good as well. He's, I'd say, second only to Roger Hanna in the, the beat the pundit rankings in here. But it's been a miserable season for the pundits so far. Lots of you have won your sign ball. So why not try it tonight? 01419511025. And lines close at 7. It is Beat the Pundit time Andy Halliday, veteran of many Beat the Pundit victories Charlie McGrew has played before But it's been a while Feel nervous? Excited That's what I like Good good nerves, positive nervous energy Uh, Because I must admit, right You've got big shoes to fill And I never say this on a Monday Because on a Friday Hugh Keevens usually delivers Stinking performances, mm. quite frankly. Couple did of you, classic answers, though, aren't it? Did you hear about him Friday? No. Nope. He got ten out of ten. That's clearly a lie. He got ten out of. He got all eight in the time. Eight out of eight in the thirty seconds. We gave him the ceremonial two to see if he could go for the ten, and he did. Wow. He was standing up. He was pointing to the name in the back of his cardigan and that camera, all sorts. He was <laughs> honestly, he was delighted. Well He's come a long way this season, Charlie. Because a few weeks ago, the question was true or false. Craig Levine is Avril Levine's uncle and he said true. So to go from that to a 10 out of 10, he is some man. But anyway, it's these two in the hot seat tonight. Let's play. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish Sun.co.uk slash football. 
Right, it is Beat the Pundit time and Scott is on. He's a Rangers fan. How's it going, Scott? Aye, uh, not bad. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Have, you ever, have you ever played before? Aye, uh, I played against Simon Donnelly. And? Aye, uh, he's won. Oh, come on, Scott. On it. Right, he's on for redemption. I was going to say that this will be an easier challenge, but I'm not sure it will be because Andy knows his stuff and Charlie's a bit of an unknown quantity. Heads, it will be Andy. Tails, it is Charlie. You're off the hook again. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. <laughs> Unbelievable. We'll get you one day. Right, Andy Halliday against. And it's Scott. a forward. That's my set Concentrate. Uh, right, let's give Andy some greatest hits radio to listen to so that he can't hear us. Scott, we'll give you 30 seconds. Answer as many as you can and pass if you don't know the answer, okay? I know about it. Good man. 30 seconds on the clock then, and your time starts now. Michael Buell left which club to join Rangers as manager? Who's got more Scotland caps, Kieran Tierney or Andy Robertson? Uh, Andy Robertson. Name any of Josie Katongo's football playing sons. Uh, Jai. Who were the last Scottish team to win a major European trophy? Uh, Aberdeen. What Newcastle player has been named as part of the Scotland squad today? Uh, Richie. How many uh, Scottish uh, clubs did Scott Brown play for? Three. Name one of the Scottish clubs that Lee Johnson played for. Uh, Okay, can you hear us? Andy Halliday, are you back? He's not Hello. back. Oh, yes, right. I thought you were just ignoring me. There. I got Many people back do. at the end. I never heard any Good. before. Right, you ready? Yes. 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Michael Beale left which club to join Rangers as manager? QPR. Who's got more Scotland caps? Kieran Tierney or Andy Robertson? Tierney. Name any of Josie Katongo's football playing sons? Uh, Jai. Who were the last Scottish team to win a major European trophy? Rangers What Newcastle player has been named as part of the Scotland squad today? Anderson How many Scottish clubs did Scott Brown play for? Three Name any of the Scottish teams Lee Johnson played for? Uh, Hearts Ali McCoy starred as striker Jackie McQuillan in what football film? Oh, shot to glory Okay, okay That's wrong okay. Well, it's gonna, Shot think, to glory I think it's going to require a, stu- uh, a stewards inquiry ah, that one You've worried me glory, It's yeah. a bit close Scott what do you think? I think I messed up the Elliot Anderson one. I'll tell you what, that what, was like a roller coaster. I couldn't keep up. Um, Michael Beale, right. let's go through them. I actually don't know who's won, genuinely. Um, Michael Beale left QPR. I know you both got that. Andy Robertson's got more Scotland caps than Kieran Tierney, quite significantly. 64 to 39. And Scott got it. I'm surprised at you, Andy Haldy. You trail by one. Uh, Jai or Rico Katongo would be Josie's sons. So Andy trails by one. I said Jai. Yeah, but you got you still trailed by one though. Oh, you so right, so you got, got it. Yeah, uh, Aberdeen were the last Scottish team to win a major European trophy, which Scott got. And he's in bother here, and we don't usually say that. However, you've got one back because of Elliot Anderson, which I think Scott you knew you had got wrong, but it's the, the time pressure. You both got three clubs for Scott Brown: Hibs, Aberdeen, Celtic. Lee Johnson played for Hearts and Kilmarnock so Andy equalises Scott said Hibs what are we thinking I'm going to need I'm going to need a steward's inquiry from whatever producer is in that other room because it's a shot at glory come on what are we thinking I I thought you were saying shot was wrong but oh the producer Scott I'm devastated to say this producer's given me the nod to say that that, that's enough for Andy to win it uh, Are you buying you? that? Would you give him it? <laughs> no, I would no, no. Charlie? Yeah, it's pretty close. I'd have gave him that, aye. Oh, 
fine. Anyway, uh, oh, Scott, do you know what? That was a good game. I uh, appreciate you taking part. What about your team at the moment? I know you're a Rangers fan. Were you happy with what you saw at the weekend? I'm a bit happier than obviously the Celtic fans are at the moment, but uh, uh, it's, it's a wee bit of an improvement, so I can just hope for more. A wee bit of an improvement, Scott says. Is that, is that fair yeah. and accurate summation? From the Ross County the weekend? Um, yeah, I'd say so. I'd still think uh, well, you'll want to see a little bit more. I do, I do think for you know, a large period of the game, Rangers were very, very comfortable, but it almost feels as if, you know, if we're talking about old firm games, it's important to get a result. It almost feels as if Rangers need that statement, that 4-5-0 out of nowhere and the, the front three that are coming under a little bit of criticism and fire at the moment to go and get a goal each and really rip it up. But I think for the most part, I thought they were, they were really comfortable at the weekend. Uh, I, think, I think that's coming on Sunday, so... What, 4 5 nil. Uh, it's 4-5-0 now coming Sunday Oh he's confident No even a Morelos consolation for Celtic No <laughs> <laughs> no, no It's Monday night But this is the, this is what this week does It starts early And it's funny how things Flip Charlie Because I think well, Let's go Five minutes before kick off Celtic against Kilmarnock Everybody would be saying that You know Rangers are the And I'm using the inverted commas Crisis team Because yeah. Puffed and puffed Barely got past Morton Hadn't set the heather on fire before that. Then Celtic lose to Kilmarnock, lose this week. Rangers have an encouraging night against PSV and at the weekend. Are, are Rangers now big favourites early, early in the week? It's, it's mad, isn't it? Because Rangers, Rangers could then be at the Champions League come come the game next mm-hmm. week and things are looking a wee bit brighter for Celtic again because they're in the Champions League and it's come to an old firm game. But that's the nature of the old firm game. It, it goes back and forth like that um, in the week building up to it and the weeks come, come into the game. So... Um, it's it's mad how how football works. It's, it's, it really is crazy. The small margins of Rangers scoring a few goals, still not looking great. Celtic missing a few chances and, and no picking up the points. When Rangers did, um, it just all adds to the excitement in the game. Seriously, though, Scott, four five nil. You expecting that comfortable? Well, I'm expecting to be comfortable because we seem to be able to find an out recently and Celtic can so. Listen, I would say this early, you can say what you like at this point in the week, nobody can really argue, we should find out in time. Yeah, we'll soon see. Uh, I think it's more the, the other end of the pitch, I've got a little bit more of confidence in Rangers at the moment, I think the partnership of Conor Goulson and John Suter's looking pretty strong, uh, You know, especially in John Suter's case, you're just hoping that the, the sort of any fitness or injury issues are behind them and they can get a real run in the team, but I think the two of them are, are starting a good partnership mm. at the moment. Uh, a real feature of the weekend was... Kamal Roof because he was the headline before the game even started because of his inclusion I think it was his first yeah, 16 month. first start since the semi-final against Celtic um, and then he obviously marked it with a goal what, what part can he play if he can stay fit? You've just said the big question it's can he stay fit I mean it's three seasons uh, uh, he's been at Rangers now and he's only made 79 appearances so for the money that was spent on him before he came in it's uh, he's had a hard time of it but he's he's always been a player that's contributed in goals when he's played uh, the big question is can he get that no season of games under his belt where he's not getting niggle on injuries and uh, not getting any real rhythm in his play because he's not playing 10, 11, 12 games in a row so you know, everyone at, uh, in Scottish football known there's a player there in Kamal Roof so you know very much like we're talking about with John Suter hopefully his injury uh, issues are behind him he can get a real run at it Scott are people being unfair on some of the new attacking players or, or is there still a, a bit of work to be done or a few of them that are still to convince you? Uh, I think Danilo will come well but I'm I'm really still in Desert but uh, listen it's it's still still a major improvement for the first game of the season so I just hope that obviously that they keep gelling together and start to improve a bit more Andy I think it's interesting because I, I think a lot of people would echo uh, echo sorry about Scott saying but it seems 
to me, Dessers has showed a bit more than Danilo, probably because he's had a lot more opportunities. But I think that you know, his goal contributions have been mm-hmm. have been decent. You know, he's got a couple of goals, couple of assists. Obviously, a a, a big say in the game last week against PSV, especially with his, his two assists and uh, the second one for Matondo um, uh, in particular. But listen, I don't think that any of the attackers that have came in have have set the world alight. I don't think any of them have absolutely nailed down their positions. But what I will say in terms of numbers, you know, Rangers do have options in these in these areas. So I think it's important for any of them that you know, they know that they have to be consistent and in, in putting real performances to stay, uh, to stay in the team. Do you think Michael Beale knows what the best three is? No, I don't think so. Uh, I think and is Kamal Roof one of them for you? I think it's so difficult to say that when someone's played the first had their first start in mm. sixteen months because uh, I think there's still so much more to come from from the the boys that have just came in the door. And, I mean, to be honest, I think if you're you're saying who's impressed the most, it's probably Rabbi Matondo. And he's only really had one start and it was at three substitute appearances. But at the end of the day, any time he's played on the pitch this season, he's produced. Uh, again, at the weekend against, uh, against Ross County, I thought the game went pretty stale in the sort of 10, 15 minutes before, he, uh, 10, 15 minutes before he came on the pitch. And again, coming on and making a real positive impact. So for me, I know it's very, very early, but he looks like a man reborn. He looks as if he's someone that's playing, in, uh, playing with a lot of confidence. And for any young boy, especially as a winger, as Charlie will tell you, a lot of them are confidence players, so hopefully mm-hmm. they can ride, uh, ride that. Is that the type of fixture that is important early in the season? Well, any time, but you know what I mean? Rangers have got that tough week. PSV, people were maybe looking at that and looking at Ross County's start to the season and they've been quite well organised and, and did well in spells at Celtic Park. That that was a potential tricky one. How pleasing will it be for Michael Beale to just come through it with, it wasn't completely comfortable, but you know, relative ease? Yeah, it's, um, he'll be delighted to get through it and, and with a good result and the three points, more importantly. I think that Rangers, Dessers, um, Danilo and Lammers, they're, they're going to take time to settle. I think that they won't have played, it doesn't matter who they've played for, they won't have played for a team like Celtic, sim, uh, a team like Rangers, sorry, similar similar to Celtic. When you go and play with these teams, the, the, the pressure's on you every single week to produce. The, the, the limelight's on you. If they don't know it now, they're going to know it after Sunday. Um, it's, a, it's it's going to be a huge, huge game for them. And uh, it's one where they can step up and, and be a hero. So it's going to be interesting to see. You were well known for having a cultured left foot on you. It's the right foot of James Tavernier. How difficult is that skill to pull off that technique for the goal that he scores at the weekend? Ah, it's, um, he's done it for years now and he's scoring goals for fun. What, what a right foot, what a free kick he's got. What a shot, and he gets himself in some right good areas. His goal record for, for right backs, second to none. Um, but it's, he's clearly something he's practiced for a young, young age. I mean, talk there about the difficulty of it. The difficulty is the practice for years and years and years to perfect what, what he's got in his right foot. And um, there'll be thousands and thousands of hours of, of training that's went into that that people don't see. Because um, it's not to take anything away from the free kicks, Andy, as, as good as they are, but. Something sort of doing it on the move, running towards the goal. That was that was the real eye catching bit on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, we see his quality for, for dead ball situations and you know crosses out wide, but you know running at pace and in a straight line as well. He's actually running in a straight line to the goal, so to sort of manoeuvre your body where you can create an angle to whip on it. Because you know, if you actually think back at James having your goals in terms of that's a position for me where you're going to lace it and you're going to try and strike. He doesn't really score the tape of goals. In fact, he doesn't really take the tape of shots. It's always. You know, inside of the foot whipped at pace but at that angle I was surprised he went for that type of finish and like I says to, to almost whip chip 
uh, laid law when he's only yeah. a couple of yards off his line. It had to be very, yeah. very precise. That's and it was. I don't think I noticed at the time is how close to his line Ross Laidlaw actually yeah. is. Because, it, I mean, it comes with, considering the pace he's got on the ball, he's got two, three yards of dip on it easily because it starts over the barn. You know, it had, like I said, it had to be inch perfect uh, to beat Ross Laidlaw for there, and it was. Uh, let's bring in Andy, who's a Rangers fan on the line. How's it going, Andy? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Not too bad, not too bad at all. And here, what are you thinking? So, um, well, I was going to, there was something you said that I was going to make a point on, but I forgot what it was. So, okay. the original point I phoned up about was, uh, <laughs> was about Hadji, and I was wanting to, to get your thoughts on it. And I'll give you my thoughts first before you let us know what you guys think but I think that uh, Beal's kind of going down a bit of a road of getting rid of too many players like the quality ones like I know like we needed to overhaul and we needed to trim the fat and uh, but I think that the Hadji ones are really a, a big mistake I think what he's doing is he's putting all his faith in the new players that he's brought in because he has a vision and he wants his vision to work but he's Missing the bigger picture. Last year we got in such a such big trouble because of injuries in the defence. The same thing could happen in, in the attack. Other games as well require other skill sets. I think he he wants pace, and that might work well against you in Europe or against Celtic or against the top teams like Hearts, who might come play. But see, when the teams that are playing with ten men behind the ball the pace isn't really going to do too much. So I think that Hadji is a great player and I think that the one thing that he doesn't have is pace. And I think that over the course of the season with the number of games that we have to play, that I think that Hadji would have been important and I really hope it doesn't come back to bite us in the bum if uh, there is an injury problem. Was that a mistake? Uh, not for me. Um, and you also have to take into account, Andy, that you know, being that sort of bit part player than coming around in certain games probably doesn't suit Yanis Hadji as well especially having you know, 9-10 months out with injury and I'm pretty sure that's a discussion he's had with the manager at the start of the season and I think Michael Beale says that he's not guaranteeing anyone's going to start every single game uh, but Yanis Hadji realises that you know, with the amount of attackers that have came in the door that his opportunities might be few and far between so I think he'll feel as an individual that he had to go out and loan and, and play or move on elsewhere and uh, in terms of Yanis Hadji's input for Rangers I think he could have made an impact no doubt about it but I don't think he was a Going to make the run of games that he'd have wanted as a player. Um, what did you make of the the emotional Instagram goodbye? I don't know if you two would have this in your locker. It's it's, it's a love letter that he's 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 written. Um, th- does that suggest to you that he's he doesn't think he's going back to Rangers at any point? I don't know if you, you saw it. Maybe it's just me, but you know, this is definitely not a goodbye. We'll meet again someday, I'm sure. But until then, go and smash it. You know, if it was one of them, like, oh, look, I'm just away to get some game time and I'll, I'll be back next year. See in a couple of weeks. I don't know if you, you would have, you would have, or am I overanalyzing that? Um, listen, I've fair play. I, I like it. He's, he's obviously talked about he's, he's came as a young boy, mm-hmm. leaving as a man. He's, he's had oh, a lot of great memories, great experiences. Uh, I think that you know, social media is used in a mm-hmm. controversial ways in a lot of no, times. You know, for that, I don't mean, mind that. Do, no, no. Do, do, do you think it means though that? He sees his Rangers career over. That's that's kind of what I meant. Potentially, uh, to be honest, if you asked me a couple of weeks ago, I did feel as if Yanis Hadji would have potentially been one that's getting sold in this transfer window because, like I says, he, he probably wants to be more of an impact than he's going to be. Uh, the loan move, you no, know, 
maybe suggest that because he's not played that many games last year, he's not got the shooters out there that you know can command the fee that mm-hmm. Rangers want. So the next best thing is obviously get them off the wage, wage bill. He can go out, play alone, get games, and then you know potentially get a fee from down the line. Andy, does this mean some of Rangers' new attacking players are not doing it for you? Do you not have faith? Well, there is one, um, and it's it's going to sound a wee bit controversial because he got us that first goal, um, Seema. I think that his his decision making in the end ball like that is just not there, and um, he seems to kind of fumble about. But and he did. Well, I hadn't seen anything at all from him other than that tapping goal, and then he went and scored an absolute belter, and I had to kind of eat my words. Um, and that's fine. I don't mind uh, admitting that I'm wrong, but. I just I hope that he can prove me wrong, mm. you know. But I just I just think that from what I've seen, it doesn't seem like he's quite ready to be a Rangers player. Maybe against like bottom six teams, but I don't think he's quite ready to play. And he's uh, you know the stakes with Rangers. They can't like I said with the fumbling about these decisions at the end. It's, it made a few in poor decisions in the first half of the PSV game. Yep. Um, but then he, he went and got that goal so it's like well we can't take that we can't take, take it away from him problem. yeah I guess maybe didn't have a, a vintage afternoon when he came on uh, at the weekend I do remember one good defensive header certainly uh, right see where we're on the subject of players on social media maybe this one is a bit more debatable did you see Haksabanovic on Instagram did, did yeah. see, what do you make of that so for anyone who's not seen it said Haksabanovic in a black and white photo if they don't see your value maybe you're not at the right place that would indicate to me that he could be away before the end of the window. And, and if he wasn't before, he will be now. Well, that's exactly. you're a, fa- a fan of that. I see a lot of Celtic fans saying, you know, no, what are you doing? I don't think you gain anything from that. And I understand sometimes the emotion or maybe not being wanted or not not feeling like you're, you're getting treated the way you want it or getting the game time you want it. But I think it's not the way to go about it. It's, you go and have a conversation with the management and you, you have an adult conversation about why you're not playing and why why what you can do to get in the team and and go and try and do that and do your talking on the pitch and when you get your chance you go and score a goal and you go and make an effect um in the game uh, or do it in training and make sure you catch a manager's eye. There's, that's the only way you can do it. Going to social media and saying your part is, is not gonna get you anywhere. Um just getting back to Andy's point there about uh Hadji quickly I know you want to keep him. You would like to keep him and see him there, but I think we've been in change rooms, Andy, before. And if you don't, to manage these people that want to play games is, is difficult, and it can affect a lot. Of your, it can affect your changing room if, you, if you're, no, you're not giving them the game time. So sometimes it can be sensible management to send the person mm. out on loan or to or to get rid of them, especially if you don't see them as a starter regularly. Yeah, I think clearly that that's the stage it's got to. How do you think Brendan Rodgers will feel about that Haksabanovic Instagram post if it's he'll have been made aware of it, won't he? Well. If Haksabanovic didn't have a chat with Brendan Rodgers beforehand, I'm pretty sure Brendan Rodgers will be having a chat with him now because I just don't see what you gain out of it as a, as a player. You might be disappointed in situations, you might be disappointed in football clubs, but you know, one constant, you have to act like a professional. And you know, if you go and have a chat with Brendan Rodgers and you ask what's the plans for me and it, you know, it's not when you want to hear, then you move on. I think that's just natural, but I think it's too constant in modern day football for me. I think too much is spoken about on social media by players and yeah, I, I, for me, I don't think Brendan Rodgers will be happy and neither will the Celtic fans. I'd like to see certain dressing rooms if one of the players, how would it go down? That'd be a bit of a... Well, we actually <laughs> spoke about it off camera, didn't we? We have a we have a fine system at Hearts that if something inappropriate is put on social media, it's a straight fine. So, <laughs> I mean, that, if Celtic that have that, actually, man, he's got a big fine coming his way because I just don't think it looks great on him or the, or the club. 
Mm, here we go. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. You can send us your Instagram, Twitter messages. We'd love to have them. And the full time teaser next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Charlie McGrew and Andy Halliday are here It's 01419511025 It's Twitter at Clyde SSB And don't forget Every caller who makes it on air tonight Goes into the draw to win club tickets To the Virgin Bet Air Gold Cup Saturday 23rd September And it is the main event of Scotland's biggest jumps festival You can enjoy the racing The entertainment Our very own George Bowie Will be there as well As far as I'm aware Gordon Deal is still banned from any social gathering in air Following his spell as the air manager So you won't bump into him uh, But it does promise to be a good night So anyone who calls Goes into the hat for that draw as well And I think it's that time already To get a full time teaser lined up the full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Teaming up with you for fast turnarounds and competitive prices. Full-time at Clyde1.com. That's the address. You send the questions in and the pundits try and come up with the answers. Paul McMillan, we thank you very much for sending this in. It is a good question, but I think you two are going to make light work of this tonight. With your, It should be your special subject, both of you. Since 2010... There have been 10 1-0 wins in Old Firm games. Can you name the winning goal scorers? So since 2010, there have been 10 1-0 wins in the Old Firm fixture. Can you name the winning goal scorers? Ryan Jack. Yes, December 2018, for anyone who cares to remember. Charlie, any that jump out for you? Um... 1-0 wins since 2010 Hooper. No Olivier and Cham Listen if he's even going to get the Celtic ones before you That's that's when we're, we're in bother here Olivier and Cham September 2018 Take one more guess Kevin Thompson No Not since 2010 I don't think no. Maybe that's the bit that's Was him Danny 2010? He's not on it no. You def I'm pretty sure you'd have played in A couple of uh, these de- Yeah Dembele Right, okay, let's leave it there. Moussa Dembele, October 16. So thanks again to Paul. These two have got till the end of the show. Andy's got till the end of the show, uh, I should say. So give us your thoughts on that one. And it's fulltime at Clyde1.com if you want to send your questions in. And please do. Uh, and uh, thanks to the folks at Sliding Wardrobe Solutions, East Bride, for helping us out with the full-time teaser as well. Now, as if this week wasn't busy enough in Scottish football, we've got the end of the transfer window... Busy start to the campaign with League Cup, European qualifiers, Scotland squad around. Hibs go and decide to sack their manager over the weekend as well. So let's bring in Harry, uh, who's from Down the Slope podcast, obviously a big Hibs fan. Harry, first and foremost, quite simply, is that the right decision your club's made? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lee Johnson was kind of a divisive figure between Hibs fans, kind of from the moment he was brought in. There was quite a few exciting names that were touted to get the job and then the fan base was pretty much underwhelmed from the off and then the way he's conducted himself in media ever since yeah fans just never really clicked him and I think it's early enough in the season as well it's a good time to get rid of him I can just see the headlines now Hearts player slaughters Hibs ex-manager or whatever it is Andy but so I'll rephrase it for you were you surprised or not that that decision was made? 
Uh, no. No. Uh, and I've, again, I've said it so many times, I'll, I'll never take any pride in anyone losing their job, especially for any professional football player or uh, professional manager. But the only reason I felt it was inevitable, because I think if you look at the fixtures that come out for Hibs at the start of the season, uh, you know, St Mirren at home, Motherwell away, um, obviously the weekend Livingston at home, it's a no, it's a favourable opening fixtures, I'd say, where, you know, Hibs will be hoping that they can start the season strong. Start the season, the, you know, the way they sort of ended the last season, especially in the uh, in the split at the top six, uh, and obviously three defeats. Um, I think three defeats to start the season is, is going to be mm. difficult for Lee Johnson to continue, and obviously the decision was took yesterday that it was relieved of his, of his duties. There was a time, Charlie, when under any circumstances, three games into a league season would be seen as, you know, a big surprise. I suppose football has moved on quite a lot. Was it inevitable for you as well? Yeah, I think when you make the start like that, you know, the, the kind of whispers are that he's he's probably going to leave. And then with the Villa game coming up, the time of that couldn't have, couldn't have been any worse with a, with a 5 0 defeat and then they need to go away. The only surprise I thought, I think, would have, I thought they would have waited to after the next Villa game to give whoever the new manager is a, a kind of fresh start. They might still do that with an interim manager taking over that Villa game, but no, there's no surprise there. I mean, you, you can't, there was whispers at last season the way they were playing. So it's carried on at this season then three games with zero points is, is never going to end well. Harry, what, how much of this was results driven? How much of it, and in the eyes of the fans I'm talking about, Harry, was there a likeability issue there between the Hibs fans and, and Lee Johnson? It never felt like it was, it never felt like a relationship that was particularly strong. Yeah, no, like um, if you look at the managers that Hibs fans have taken to the likes like Neil Lennon and Alan Stubbs, it's characters that have got a really strong um, like personality connect, can connect to straight away whereas Billy Johnson when he's talking about Formula 1 cars sharks being hungry on Mondays and other nonsense like that it's just embarrassing for the club and like it's just easy for other fans to take shots at us like my whole timeline's been full of Dundee United Hearts fans Celtic fans just slagging off Lee Johnson as opposed to Hibs fans actually enjoying things and then the main thing for me is um, I just want actions not words and the amount of times he would say things and not do them like the style of football it just fully relied on the talented players that we've got to go out there and make individual things happen as opposed to actually have a structure to utilize the likes of you and Boyle and Venta to make them have multiple ch- chances the only reason we've been scoring goals is because we've got very good players but we'd be scoring loads more goals if we actually had a system that would suit them I like these phrases. Great for shows like this. Don't get me wrong. Do you see the number of hits you get when you post one of these clips on, on social media? Um, but yeah, it just never seemed like the Hibs fans were, were buying them. Really, Charlie, is that the impression you got? I mean, you did, I take it you played against them last season. We did. I. Yeah. Um, yeah um, you never really seen a clear style and how they played and, and a clear identity. And I think when you're making kind of statements like that, that's alright if you're if you're going on the pitch and you're your team are flying and you're, you're playing good football and even sometimes if you're not picking up the results if the fans can see they see they go every week they can see oh there's something here there's something happening here but we're, we're utilising Boyle and Johan and, and, and players like that but they weren't and, and when you don't pick up results and you're coming out with statements like that it's only a matter of time before the fans uh, suss you out is it, is it all his fault Harry? are there players there that aren't good enough and then therefore is there something wrong with with the recruitment? It feels like Hibs have signed a lot of players in the last couple of seasons. You know, it, I, I guess it's never only about one man. Who else needs to take some blame? 
Being honest, um, I think after um, Maloney was sacked, I think that he probably could have pointed to recruitment, but Lee Johnson this summer has been one of the most backed managers we've had in recent years. I couldn't tell you the last time he's spent this much money. And in my opinion, I think in terms of Scottish football, I'd say minimum we've got a top five squad. Um, no offence to the likes of St Murrin and Motherwell, who've obviously had a very good start to the season, and then obviously Livingston beat us there. But we should be seeing off these teams. Like When we play against the old firm and they batter us, we just instantly go to look at the money spent. We've spent the money. We've got quality players there. And in my opinion, Lee Johnson, he just didn't pick the right players at the right... My, my main thing, he just didn't put players in the right positions. We had a centre-back playing at right-back and he was getting absolutely rinsed the entire game. And then he took him off, didn't put a right-back on. And then the third goal, screamer, fair play to the boy. But they only scored it because there wasn't a right-back on the pitch and the team didn't know how to adjust it. Um, so, I'd, as, as Halliday touched on earlier, I don't want to... Um, like play a guy who's just lost his job but for me he lost it um, at his own hands like he's he's got himself to blame in my opinion yeah I mean 700,000 or so spent on Dylan Venti Andy for Scottish standards that, that is a lot of money it's a big outlay and, and, and to be fair I think there's been a couple of times in, 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 uh, in interviews he's, he's touched on it's not his group of players and he's players and he, and he players in the door and he transfer window I even think last year he brought in a number of players as well and there was a lot of outgoings and then in the summer again they brought in a uh, a number of players in certain positions so you know you talk about utilising the attacking options I think at the other side as well you know conceding five against Aston Villa you can maybe accept with the, the, the standard quality you're up against but you know conceding three at home to St Mirren then conceding mm. three at home to Livingston and, and, and two obviously last week away to Motherwell so I think defensively as well I don't think they're quite where they want to be so uh, obviously it's it's disappointing for him but uh, ultimately it was one you could see coming after the weekend what are the interim management team thinking? Having to go to Villa Park? Oh, <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for that. That's a shocker. That's the last thing you need to <laughs> What an absolute nightmare. Harry, who do you want next? What a list. Uh, you know, I've seen appearing all sorts of names from ones already in the division, like Derek McInnes and Stephen Robinson, to former Hibs managers, one you mentioned, and, and Neil Lennon. I've seen Graham Arnold, the Australia manager. Uh, all sorts. What, who do you want? Give me or Give me a couple. Um, so in terms of the ones in Scottish football I, th- I think they're probably quite a sidestep like I think Robinson McInnes I think would be good enough to get us top six most seasons but I don't think that we'd be able to fortify third which I think Hibs Hearts and Aberdeen should all be fine to do at the moment um, because nobody's really taken that reign in the last few years and um, one name that really interests me Nick Montgomery mm-hmm. he's currently the um, Central Coast Mariners manager um, he's just got a really strong track record in Australia I know it's the market that um, Scottish football has been dipping into quite a lot recently um, so I think he'd be really interesting. I know it's a bit of a risk, but I think with the money spent and with a coach that focuses on actually developing the talent that's there as opposed to trying to just mass spend and hope for the best, which seems to have happened under Johnson, um, I think we'd be in a good set of hands. But domestically, I'd go Martindale or uh, what's the boy from uh, Airdrie's at McCabe? Bruce McCabe. Yeah. McCabe, wow. That would be quite I something. That would be a massive risk, but I think that would be fun. I think we just go out there, we just we'd have 20 shots a game, we'd concede 20, but it'd be good fun to watch. Was he 30? No, 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 no. Is he older he's, uh, I think he's the same age as me. I think he's 32. Incredible. I like be. that idea. Yeah, already. Uh, definitely. Done enough. Give somebody new a chance. Somebody, somebody that's up and coming coach, get ideas. It sounds like he's got a clear identity in the way the team plays. It would be good to see that. What about the, the familiar names? It's just, it's, it's natural we're going to focus on them because, you know, they're already there. Do you think Hibbs would go and try and ask the question? 
What are you pointing well, at? Well, as uh, you know, we're very lucky that we've got screens in the back. Uh-huh. So there's a live stream here and Sky Sports News there and it's just came under Graham Arnold, Lee Johnson's yeah, yeah. candidate straight away. Must admit, they're listening to us, I think. Yeah, they um, must be. Graham Arnold, that would be quite, that would be quite something. Um, and there's so many names, we can't really ground them all. Would, would Hibs, do you think, try and tempt a Stephen Robinson, try and tempt a Derek McInnes? Would they try? Could they do it? And, and Harry's thrown in David Martindale's name as well. Yeah, and, and no, David Martindale's a funny one because for the job he's done at Livingston, he never really gets seemed to be tipped with this next job, whereas it almost seems if somebody gets sacked in Scotland, the first thing we talk about is Derek McKinnon, Stephen Robinson, Malky Mackay, uh, Wright, was the ex and Johnson manager for Tommy, Wright, yeah. Tommy Wright. It was all the sort of same names. Charlie's talking about... Um, uh, and Harry obviously on the phone saying about Reese McCabe, just that's something different. Stephen Robinson, I think, and Derry McInnes are two obvious examples because they've been successful at a couple of SPL clubs. They're doing very, very well domestically just now. Uh, be very interested if they would be tempted away. I think especially when the window's going to shut in two days uh, and they've already assembled really really strong clubs, uh, strong squads, sorry, at their clubs just now. So I'd like to see something different. Um, We'll send that, I probably wouldn't, because I mean, they might, they might <laughs> do okay, so we'll arms. see what happens. Someone you know well, Neil Lennon, I think he said tonight he would be open. Is that, again, you think that's something Hibs would look at, should look at? It's definitely, I think they need to explore all options. I think the, the, the managers you've mentioned, Steve Robinson, Dale McInnes, Neil Lennon, um, all tried and tested and done great jobs in the SPL with teams, so I think they've got to speak to them all. It'll be an interesting time. Thank you, Harry, from the Down the Slope podcast. I'm looking forward to watching this one with interest in the next few days because it's a great list. It really is some some very fascinating names on there. So we will keep an eye on it. Um, Paul McMillan, he's not in the frame for the job. He just sent this teaser in looking for since 2010. There have been 10 1-0 wins in old firm games. Can you name the goal scorers? You've given me Ryan Jack, Musa Dembele and Olivier and Cham. Morris Edu. Morris Edu, February 2010. Did you play in that, Charlie? Oh, no, I never. I was going to say him, but I thought it was before 2010. Is that the last one? The furthest back? Yeah. That must be. Yeah. It right. was February, yeah. Well, there's one for last year. Jota. Okay. I'm going to give him... You're having a stinker, by the way, any chance? My mind is blank. <laughs> I'm almost certain... I've got I, I've got you one here right. Two of these. I've got one here that I know Charlie's played in, but and I'm not going to answer. Right, it. okay, right. We'll give you some. Ah, thi- right. Okay, <laughs> this will be good. Right, we'll give you some thinking time, and we'll get the rest of the answers next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it, watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Charlie Mulgrew are here at 0141951025 Every caller who makes it through goes into the hat for the tickets to the air races and there's still a lot of talking points to get through we could easily have extended this show we've got a full time teaser tonight as well since 2010 there have been 10 1-0 wins in old firm games can you name the goal scorers? Uh, Charlie played in quite a few of these and you can't remember any of them um, but luckily Andy is a bit of an anorak when it comes to these things Morris Edu, Musa Dembele, Olivier and Cham, Ryan Jack and Jota most recently I got one, Mark Wilson <laughs> Who could we forget? Our very own, he'll be here tomorrow and uh understand you and Mark quite the night on Friday night you were together We did, I, we had a question and something uh-huh. I mean, that's not the bit I'm interested in. It's the next bit, which you must have heard about. Oh, the, the tattoo? The tattoo. So, I, um, 
there was a before we done the Q and A, there was like a VIP room up the stairs that people had paid extra to come in and kind of get things signed or whatever. And a, a lassie came in and asked for us to um, sign a leg, and she was going to tattoo the following day. Obviously, thought she was joking, so we signed a leg with a sharpie. I signed one leg, he signed the other. And sure enough, she sent us a picture the next day on Instagram. She got her leg tattooed. Got it tattooed as well. I mean, listen, I can make my piece for you, but the fact that somebody <laughs> has gone around with a Mark Wilson <laughs> tattoo on their leg. I mean, seriously. <laughs> imagine, imagine trying to explain this footballing environment to people from other parts of the world. It was above a, a picture of Kyogo, and there's another tattoo. <laughs> so, so people going to think it's Kyogo's signature, but it's Mark Wilson's. She's asked as uh, no, she wrote back saying, just, um, I went, well, brilliant. <laughs> well done, whatever. And she wrote well saying, um, just need to get Kyogo next. So she's going to get the old Kyogo next time. Oh, she doesn't say bump into Gordon Dale. Do you know what's worth it? I think the, the less said about that possibility, the, the better. Um, it's not small either way. Eh? You signed it like relatively big font, both of you. Yeah, I just, just went for it thinking she probably won't do <laughs> Does it. Did she deliberately make it big as well? No, we just, it was like. I have just done a normal signature thinking she probably won't get it tattooed and next within hours I don't know what tattoo she must have been early in the morning next <laughs> delivery delivery <laughs> tattoo I, I was speechless maybe I a henna maybe no, a looked, henna it looked a real deal to me so trying to explain that to Gordon DL and Mark Wilson on Saturday eh, to Hugh Evans and Gordon DL on Saturday was was quite something but there we are uh, right you know what there's so much to to get through I'm I'm frustrated because there's so much that we've not covered off. Like, let's quickly round off the league results that we haven't spoke about because there were a few. The Jambos had a Hearts fan earlier complaining. Andy, what happened? Was it bad against Dundee yesterday? Uh, yeah, probably our poorest performance of the season, I'd say. Um, first half was was difficult. I think we were quite fortunate to go in at 0 um, 0 at half time. Uh, to be fair, I thought the three changes at half time made an impact. I thought for the next 20 minutes to start the second half, I thought we had real control. I thought we had numerous chances we had Dundee penned in for that spell and then in typical football when you're on top and your best spell you end up conceding a, a poor goal for our point of view and you know, credit to, to Dundee they held on to the, the lead well and you know they had a couple of chances to extend it further but you know, disappointing uh, obviously we'll try and bounce back the next two games it's a, the Clyde one derby next week against Motherwell it's indeed to look forward to that um, we'll get to them in a second save the best to last um Incident packed St Mirren yesterday. St oh, Mirren controversial dom- day dominated. Should have won. Aberdeen snatched the two-all draw. A lot of VAR calls, which is frustrating. Mm-hmm. I think most of them probably were right, except for one. Does Miovsky double hit the, the penalty? Oh, and to, should it be a free kick? To be fair, I've said, I've said except from one, but I've watched about six replays, and I can't actually conclusively tell you he definitely double hits it because it. So it flawed. looks as if it could be close. But also looks as if he could have hit the ball into the ground the way it sort of hits and skips straight up. So and therefore it could, it could have had an obvious thing. Of yeah, VAR. it could have been a double hit, but it's for me it's inconclusive for the replays. You seen it? Yeah, I think I, I'm the same as Andy. I, I'm not sure if he touches it twice, and I think you need to be sure to make the decision, yeah. don't you? So, so I think you, it's skidded up off the grass. Hard to tell. Maybe I'm watching. So, so therefore you're going with the original call. Then. Yeah, I think so. I just think as well if. It, you know, if you're shooting left foot and it sort of hits off your right foot, you'd think it would spin sort of left to right, if that makes sense. But it almost skips up and like tops in and goes mm. forward. I'm looking far too much into it, but <laughs> I think that's what happened. That, that's what we're here for. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's a it is a difficult one, that isn't it? Yeah. Okay. okay. Right. Do you know what? Well, 
coming up for game week four, and I don't think I think the referees have had a great start to the season. It must be, must be said. I don't think there's been much in the way of contentious decisions. Are you, but are you, you know what games next weekend? Are you here next Monday? So you know right, okay. something <laughs> will definitely be talked about on Monday. I'm going to remind you of that on yep. Monday night. Um, you mentioned it. It would be foolish not to elaborate. Motherwell, Kilmarnock were the sort of darlings of the new season, and rightly so. They go 1 0 up, and you're thinking. And they were battering Motherwell, by the way, that's, in the first that's the way it's heading. But sure, Kettlewell has got this knack, Charlie, of, yeah. of pulling results out. Yeah, he's picking up results. Um, I was, we were interested, we spoke about it last week in the show to see how Kilmarnock went against Motherwell after getting two exactly. results against Celtic and Rangers. And they played well, but they were just um, they were just beaten by by the. By Motherwell, who Stuart Kettlewell's got them playing well, he's got them solid defensively, and he's got them picking up results, which is the most important mm-hmm. thing. So they've made a great start. But I mean, in terms the reason so the manager gets the credit a bit, Andy, is you know he makes the change at the break, takes mm-hmm. Joe Efford off, and effectively brings Harry Payton on, who goes and scores the winner in the 156th minute or whatever it was, and he showed a nice bit of composure that late in the game, didn't he? I think it literally was the last kick. It did because it would have been so easy knowing it's the 98th minute it's probably the last chance of the game that when it gets cut back you slash at it and have an effort with, with two defenders right in front of you so he shows a yeah he shows a great bit of composure I think Dan Casey's it's a great finish as well to be fair um, I still do, don't really understand that because from what I've seen in the highlights like that's not a set piece No I don't, I don't know why, why is he there I don't know why yeah. the centre back's in the box well, chop, very, chopping people and, and score but what? I'm very happy he was up there because yeah brilliant finish it's got to be said I don't, you know, I don't claim to watch every 90 minute over the weekend but I watched obviously the extended highlights and it looked like a very very good mm-hmm. game I thought both teams had periods command up in the first half you know, following on for the uh, for the, the results we've had so far at the start of the season I, I thought came out the traps flying straight away for the kickoff for the sort of kickoff yeah. routine that leads to a chance in the first 10-15 seconds mm-hmm. you know numerous chances in the first half but you know, one thing you'll say about you know Kettlewell and the Motherwell side mm. he's producing that you can never count them out and they come back in the second half and probably edge yeah. in the second half and get the result my, my friend's wee boy Jake and I'll give him a mention was the mascot so I told him that was his fault because he's called the coin toss come on get kick off and nearly score uh, straight from it so uh, <laughs> he won't be getting asked back but anyway right let's round off this teaser We're looking for one two three is it four more players who've scored a 1-0 winner in an old firm game since 2010 you've got Edu Wilson Dembele Cham Jack Jota Philip Hollander Yep um, You give us the ones That he's not played in Because right, there's one okay. left So Christoph Julian Yep And I don't know The other one That he's not played in And the one he's played in I cannot believe He's not right. got yet the, the, the one that the, the one that he hasn't played in Is a bit sneaky Because it's an own goal From a Celtic player um, That we've spoken about tonight uh, Callum McGregor Callum McGregor because is he at these? I, I don't know how you remember all these so specifically. That was the COVID year, wasn't it? Right, Con. what we got left was that clock, Charlie. You, I mean, you must have played in it. This is the one, this one I played did. in a header. Yes, December. Header. December 20. So it must have been the kind of New Yearish game, would it have been? Yeah, I think so. And like, um, December 2011, obviously 1 0 a header. I think it was from a corner, Andy. I feel like I can oh, see it. And a white free kick, maybe? Mm, I crossed it in. Oh, Joe oh, Ledley. Are you serious? Remember, <laughs> I crossed it in. <laughs> Honestly, somebody phoned. We were sitting in the reception at Celtic Park the night, the day of that game, and it was windy. Somebody phoned in, and I just answered the phone, and he says, um, "All right, son, just wondering the the game's on the night with this wind." I went, "You know, heard me?" I says, "An old stand wrist blew off." <laughs> he went, "Are you joking me?" I went, "No." I went, "I knew that would be a high winds. I knew that game would be off, and I just hung the phone up." So sorry, mate, if you didn't make that game that night. Well, clearly never, but. <laughs> On that note, thank you Charlie and Andy. Back tomorrow with Gordon and Mark Wilson from 6 o'clock.